Hey, everybody. Quick programming note. This episode was recorded last year before we changed the format of our show slightly, so you might notice uh, things are a little bit different, but we thought the content was just too good not to share. Without further ado, enjoy our review of the anime film Paprika from Satoshi Kon. Not the spice, but the spice is also good. So this is not a review of the spice, though. It's a review of the movie, the anime movie. Okay, here we go. Who needs drugs when you can just watch this anime? It's extremely <laughs> overrated. I, the first part was dead on. I don't know about the second part. Yeah. First of all, I'm sure many of you are finding out about this anime film now because of Christopher Nolan's latest film, Inception. Ooh. <laughs> I saw the trailer for this and thought it looked pretty awesome. And even some of the visual similarities to Inception, you know, the mirror shattering scene and the hallway scene. Watching both films, Inception is not a ripoff of Paprika. So get over it. <laughs> Nerds. I'd like to know what kind of drugs the creator of this film was on because this film is one giant mess. All, I am all not drugs. kidding. All of the drugs. <laughs> I'm dead serious. That was a one-star review of Paprika from IMDb. It's anime, but drugs. <laughs> everyone and welcome to spoilers intended a podcast about series and films i am your host andrew joined as always by ryan hey, hello and steven hi there this week we are talking about paprika the 2006 film directed by satoshi khan that's also anime drugs apparently apparently yeah spices and drugs <laughs> <laughs> or oh, wait is spice spice is a drug yeah, the spice know. must flow. The, the spice, spice must, must flow. <laughs> <laughs> so before we kind of get into the film, though, we're going to talk a little bit about other films that I'm going to say, like, use the plot against the viewer, where they basically okay. like yeah. they, they kind of um, obfuscate information. They make it kind of all over the place for you. For it's hard for you to guess kind of what's going on. They mess with your mind. Yeah, they mess with your mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm curious to you know kind of what what we got picks going on here. We'll start out with Ryan. I'll go first. Yeah, I, I came really close to picking Perfect Blue, another Satoshi Kon uh-huh. uh, film. I thought that was too on the nose. Yeah, uh, so I went with the live action version, which I call Black Swan, <laughs> uh, with Natalie Portman. Uh, Natalie Portman, 2010, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Uh, Mila Kunis is in it. Vincent Cassell. Mm. Great movie. I love Black Swan. I'm a big Darren Aronofsky fan. Huge Natalie Portman fan. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 very similar if you've seen Perfect Blue to to that kind of psychological thriller horror movie where mm-hmm. like you don't know what's real and and the main character is kind of like losing her grip on reality throughout it and the way they play with the plot and the the camera work and the editing and everything kind of like leaves you guessing of like what is going on yeah and uh, you know in essence she's a ballerina and it kind of follows the the New York ballet scene. And like all the the chaos that that goes along with it, and I don't want to give too much away because I really think it's one of those movies. The less you know going in, the better. Yeah. But I remember when I saw this movie in theaters, I watched it uh, right when it came out, mm-hmm. and I went by myself because I was just excited about it. I had just moved, and, uh, and you had already seen Perfect Blue before this, right? Yes, before okay. that, yeah. And uh, I I came out of the theater and I felt crazy. Like I thought, <laughs> like I, I had this moment. I was like, I think I'm losing my mind. Yeah. So that one for me is definitely when, when, when you talk about, you know, movies or, or media that like messes with your head or like kind of plays with your perception of what's mm-hmm. real, that, that one always pops up. Yeah. Steven? So I have a feeling you're going to take mine. I don't know. Maybe. Do it, steal it. Oh, I don't know. I, so I went through a list of these, right? Uh-huh. And, and I, I tried to throw out the obvious the, or the more obvious ones. Because honestly, when you look at lists of movies and TV shows that mess with your head. There's a pretty big list, and there, a lot of them have done really well. Like Inception made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff like Paprika did really well. It's really critically acclaimed. So I was like throwing out, you know, like Fight Club. Yep. And uh, a couple others. I was just like, no, nah, I just don't want to go with this. So what I or like Matrix, right? Yeah. I don't go with Matrix. So what I landed <laughs> on uh, is Donnie Darko. Oh yeah, that's a good one. So another Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Two, yeah. Two thousand one <laughs> independent science fiction psychological thriller. Yep. It's an ominous story of a troubled teenager, Donnie Darko, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake. Young, Gyllenhaal. Young, Jake. young Jake. Yeah. Who starts seeing visions of Frank, a rabbit-like monster, who warns him that the world will end in 28 days. I love how quickly this, this summary twists, too. Soon, Donnie starts manipulating Frank to commit heinous crimes. 
what? <laughs> the movie itself is chillingly ominous and menacing. It's like watching clouds gathering right before the storm of the century. And when you think it is basically about the teenage angst that you yourself have felt when growing up, it all starts to feel even eerier. So this, uh, yeah, this this feels really cut and dry for a fair amount of the film. And then you get towards yeah. the end and you're just like, what? It just goes crazy. What? And this movie, I remember when it came out in high school, was every edgelord's oh, like, oh my dream. gosh, yes. Yeah, this is the yes. high school edgelord's like, holy grail. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, which frustrated me as someone who was not an edgelord, but just really liked good movies. Because I'm like, this is a good movie. And they're like, I don't know. I'm not watching that movie. Weird Kyle over there likes that movie. I'm like, Kyle no, the trench coat. Kyle ruined it it's for more everyone. Than just weird Kyle. It's, I like it too. Oh, great. No, so, not that way. So are you weird too? <laughs> That, that's like you getting caught like watching a weird anime and you're just like, it's yeah. not like this all the time. And every time <laughs> right. they come in, it's just like, you know, some. Yeah. Your mom's like, well, let me see what. The tentacles what... represent society. <laughs> <laughs> let me see what, what my boy is into these. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I swear. It's not like this. It's only like this for, you know. You're going back to counseling. What? <laughs> But yeah, Donnie Darko, yeah, when it came out in high school was yeah. definitely, you know, every trench coat wearing kid's dream. Oh, yeah. You know, if you were a huge fan of The Matrix, you were a huge fan of this. Yeah. It was a Halloween, like a reasons. few years after it came out where everybody was the rap. Everybody was the It yeah. wasn't the same yeah. year. It was like it had to have a couple years to like get cult it's status. It's a bit of a cult classic. Yeah. It, is, it is definitely is. I didn't see it until I was in college, just, you know, on mm-hmm. DVD or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the edgelords were all, you know, you know, <laughs> right. guy down the hall. And, oh, he's up to no good. I don't know if yeah. I should go see this movie or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it's good. I don't know. You know, again, I, I jumped over a lot of really obvious picks for this mm-hmm. yeah. because – and it doesn't feel like it was that obscure either because I feel like this movie – everyone knows what this movie is, right? Yeah. Surely. But if you don't somehow and you're interested in, you know, mind-bending things, go for it. Go for Definitely it. Definitely yeah. Uh, so I actually I stayed on brand here. I didn't pick Perfect Blue. Aww. I really wanted to. It's one. Of, it's <laughs> probably my favorite anime film of all time. Oh wow! Um, I don't know why. I just I just like it's the only horror film that I like that like genuinely does give you like a really weird like uh, you kind of feel like you're going insane throughout the whole film. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what's reality, what's not. Uh, but I did stay on brand, and I did go with the Satoshi Khan film. Millennium okay. Actress. Uh, Millennium Actress. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I looked at that, and I was like, nah, I just gonna I, do that. <laughs> I think Millennium Actress probably is my favorite Satoshi Khan oh, film, Oh, that's actually. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic film. I love it, yeah. yeah. So 2001, uh, this animated, this in this animated movie, filmmaker Genya Tachibana begins work on a documentary about a famed, uh, famed actress, and now well into old age, um, Chiyoko has become reclusive and shy about any publicity. She eventually warms up to Tachibana and starts to relate, you know, kind of like talk about her life story, kind of like Titanic style where, you know, she's Mm -hmm. kind of just explaining things. But you never really know throughout the film whether it's a movie scene or her real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And it goes back and forth in between... Uh, you know, obviously, like the do- them doing the documentary, yeah. and then, but then, like they're kind of in the scenes with her whenever she's yeah. explaining things. It's a fantastic film. It, it, you, if you care at all about cinematography and editing, oh, and yeah. like that you need to watch that movie. It is a masterclass in scene transitions. In like, I, I think any Satoshi Khan way... film is a masterclass mm-hmm. in but scene specifically transitions. Specifically, Millennium <laughs> Actress does it better than any of the other ones. To Ooh, me. I don't know. I think it does it better than Paprika. Like Paprika's really good with that. Spoiler, getting ahead. Those are some bold words. I I really, to me, yeah, Millennium Actress does it. It's a phenomenal film. We actually uh, they did a re-release of Mm -hmm. it in theaters a couple years ago. Yeah, we went and saw it, and we went and saw it in theaters, and it was that's great. Oh man, it was great. Great, good movie. Talking through this, I realized something that wasn't on a list I was looking at that I could have used. Big Fish. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's another good one with young Ian McGregor. Uh, yeah, I mean that's like that's already a great, uh, great selling point, right? Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. Ian McGregor's a dreamboat, you know. I mean, he's just, but he's also <laughs> just his a great eyes. actor. Just and get his him smile, on, just get and him his on voice, his singing voice, man. Moulin it's Rouge. Everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Andrew loves him some Moulin Rouge. I do. I love that film. Okay. Yeah, but that is not what we're talking about. No, today. we're we're talking about <laughs> Paprika, the 2006 film from Satoshi Khan. We've already mentioned two of his other films that all <laughs> that would have come up. He loves obfuscation and yeah. blending mm-hmm. reality to dreams to mental health and re- yeah. i mean it's just it's wild like this guy is nuts and it's sad that he only had four films in the tv series before he passed away he unfortunately passed away yeah and he yeah. was a successful manga uh mangaka before he started directing films mm-hmm. 
but uh, we'll get into that here in a second. So here's some information about Paprika. So 2006 film, Satoshi Gon, I've already kind of talked about that, based on the novel by Yasutaka Tsutsui, animated mm-hmm. by Studio Madhouse, which we've already done a review for another Studio Madhouse film. Yeah, we're just a Studio Madhouse review cast. It turns <laughs> out that Studio Madhouse does some really fantastic films. Really good stuff. They do. Uh, so they've now, also... Random question, and I'm... Go you ahead. may not know this. Did Madhouse do all of Satoshi Kon's films or just um, this one? They did – I don't know if they did Millennium Actress. I'm pretty sure they did Perfect Blue and they did um, obviously Paprika. Okay. Keep, keep uh, talking. I'll find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so Madhouse also did um, Girl Who Let Through Time, which is also yep. a novel written by Yasutaka Tsutsui. Oh, wow. That's um, a great that's He a wrote great it film. back in like 1967. Dang, really? Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – um, Tsutsui actually came to Satoshi Kon and convinced him to make this film, Paprika. Nice. Um, and the um, so the music is by uh, Susumu uh, Mil- uh, Hirasawa. Millennium Actress is a madhouse. Oh, okay. The, actually, that's probably why they could show each of the um, in the film. They the, have, oh, yeah. Like they have billboards of all yeah, the of all films, the films because they didn't have to buy the rights for them. They had them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting. Going back to the the author, right? So Tsutsui approached Satoshi Kon to create an anime version of his book. Yeah. Not generally, you know, like Hollywood, they're just like, what can we, who can we pay to to destroy (laughs) the story? Yeah. Yeah. This is the opposite. Yeah. It's the opposite. And they actually have a very good, they had a really good working relationship Mm -hmm. um, for, they were friends for a long time. Yeah. The the adaptation actually leaves out a lot of the technical details of the story. Uh, apparently, if he would have done it like page by page adaptation, it'd been really forever. boring. Yeah. Well, yeah. also that, yeah, very very technical <laughs> sci-fi, and he really went for just a visual approach. Yeah. But of course, Tsutsui is also a big fan and approval of it. So mm-hmm. again, it's it's the reverse of what we see with Hollywood, which is yeah. always interesting to see. Yeah, and so you have um, uh, the music is done by uh, Susumu Hirasawa, mm-hmm. who is mostly famous for doing other satoshi Kon films mm. but he also did the um basically all the berserk soundtrack from the 1997 okay. one and the more recent films that came out on netflix a couple years ago yeah, yeah. and but other than, i mean like he's done a lot of stuff but most of his things are basically satoshi Kon films and berserk he just has a really good working or had a really good working relationship with satoshi Kon. yeah 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 so here is just kind of a little bit of an overview for paprika so, Dr. Atsuko Chiba works as a scientist by day and under a codename Paprika, go figure, is a dream detective at night. <laughs> Atsuko and her colleagues are working on a device called the DC Mini, which is intended to help psychiatric patients, but in the wrong hands, it could destroy people's minds. When a prototype is stolen, Paprika springs into action to recover it before damage is done. And that is a, a very light uh, <laughs> that's a real fluffy view. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. this film is wild on a lot of different levels. Absolutely. Absolutely insane. In the best way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I actually really like this film. I think it's a bit much to watch, I'll say, on multiple viewings for me. I mean, uh, it, it's not one you want to watch, like, back to back. back. Yeah. yeah. You need to put a little space between well, Con, it. I think all of Khan's films have such a heavy weight to a lot of, like, there. Yeah. it's just a lot. Yeah. Like, it's either a lot of story a lot of um, emotion, emotion, or a lot of like, yeah, like with Perfect Blue, it's like just dark and yeah. like it's just heavy, mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't need to watch that again for a while. I'm glad I did, but I yeah, need to get up and walk around and think about happy things. Yeah. So, so what are our what are our general thoughts here for for this film? I mean, I like this movie a lot. I think you know it's it's an amazing example of what can be done in the field of animation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And And this was definitely a transitionary time too when a lot of anime was moving from hand-drawn animation to CGI. Yeah. Um, I won't say characters because there's no CGI characters in this, but it's CGI backgrounds and 3D cameras and everything. And there's, I feel that there are some of those that do date the film quite hard. Sure, for sure, for sure. And that may come up in our individual scoring. But I think it's the surreal imagery that I like the most Mm -hmm. because like there's so many like I think he really nailed the the dreamlike mm-hmm. warping and oh, the, the yeah. changing of stuff and like the the people melting into each other and like <laughs> the 
And everything is very handled very, I don't know, it's just it's very well animated and, again, surrealist almost. Yeah, and it's not like body horror melding except for like no. one or two scenes. There's, there's a couple. It's like a there's Salvador a Dali painting come yeah, to life. Yeah, it really is. You know? I, I loved how I saw a review of this where someone said, the, the whimsical animations and the absurdist happenings may make this movie feel like it's meant for children, but the subject <laughs> material is absolutely not for children. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I I don't think that's for kids. Yeah, this is not well, a well, movie like, for kids. If you see the big parade as just like kind of a one-off shot going down the street, there, I mean, oh, that, fun. that is ADHD enough for most kids to be like, yeah, a lot of bright colors and sound yeah. and in absolute insanity. Yeah, like like true levels of just what is going on. But in a good way, it's not where I don't feel that the plot was too overly complex to follow. Now, towards the end, it does very it much has, turn into an anime. It has some issues. It goes very anime towards yeah, it, the end. Yeah, it, it feels like it shifts an entire gear. Yeah. And like that last little bit. Mm -hmm. that, that. But I don't think that's enough to, to detract from watching the film. No, it, no, no. Because it, no. it, it's still really good, and it, it does have an emotionally resonant end. It's just not as satisfactory, satisfactory as I would have wanted it. Yeah. So it, it feels like a slight shift in tone almost yeah. compared to the rest of it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of uh, satisfactory or should you watch it or not, do we have a score for this Yes, film? we do. We gave it an eight. That is pretty high praise. Yeah, by, by our, our aggregate, which is um, spectacle, score, or spectacle, performance, score, plot, <laughs> and entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, we take all that. We blend it into blend everyone's dreams. Yeah. Well, no, we just put it in the DC <laughs> Mini. We dream it up, you know, try and, you know, then we have a big collaborative dream. Come up with a big parade. Yeah, and then we just, we just, <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think eight's uh, a very fair score for this film. Yeah, it's, it's got a few things that are going to show its age a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think for subject material and kind of the, the overall execution of what's going on, mm -hmm. it's really well done. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it does a good job. Like, like I said, it, it is a, a, a film bathed in insanity, but it makes sure. a lot of sense with what is happening once you kind of figure out the conceit of the show. Yeah, and I, I don't think there is a bad Satoshi Kon film, but again, so it's either. probably not my favorite. I, Tokyo so. Godfathers is probably my least favorite out of his. Yeah, I still haven't watched that one. It's, but, uh, it's okay. Well, see, there you go. That's why you, you haven't <laughs> found one you didn't like. That, okay, so then by that. But you, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. So like, I mean, well, that's the thing is like saying one of his films is right. not good is still like an A minus. So this, it's not that this movie isn't good. It's just like if if you've never watched a Satoshi Kon film, I don't know that I would necessarily suggest this one first. Probably Millennium Actress. I will say, would you yeah. say Millennium Actress Probably first? Millennium I think it's Actress. the safest it, one. It is definitely the safest yeah. one. Right. But it, yeah, th this movie's still like, I don't know. I think it's it's definitely worth watching if you if you care anything about animation. Yeah. If you care anything about it's cinematography. Cinematography. If you care anything about um just the the premise, the sci-fi premise of like there is this thing that controls dreams and lets you tap into dreams mm -hmm. and like what possibilities can be unlocked there. I think this movie does a great job of exploring all of that stuff. All right. So, you know, kind of while we're talking about that, what what who do you think this is for? Who is it not for? I think the people that should watch this, obviously, if you're a fan of anime, mm -hmm. any kind of anime movies, if you've watched, you know, any of the, um, uh, any other Mad Miyazaki movies, any, like, if you're, I'm trying to think of someone who's, like, maybe, like, hasn't dipped their toes all the way into anime, mm -hmm. this is, like, getting a little more advanced. And, and it's yeah, a little bit more adult with, with, Definitely, with some yeah. of the content mm -hmm. at the end of the film. Well, especially I think some of the the ways it looks at you know like consciousness and these kinds of things. Uh, if you were a fan of like Ghost in the Shell mm -hmm. and some of the themes they touch on there, yeah, this is the same kind of from a flip side, but it's the same approach, yeah, to some of those ideas. So if you're familiar with that, then this is another easy step. You know, just a step sideways, really. Mm -hmm. Especially if if you also really like cerebral um, thrillers. Mm -hmm. um, this is definitely yeah. one of those uh, kind of murder mystery. It's not really a murder mystery for this, this one. I mean, this one is really it. It feels pretty safe. If that it makes is, sense. yeah. It's, it's really there's never a moment where you're like terrified for a character. I don't. I don't feel like no, mm -hmm. no. It, and it's a very small scale mm -hmm. uh, in the sense of the cast is really small. Yeah. So you don't have to you know, go through and remember like you know a massive cast of characters or anything like that. There's not a lot of fighting. It's just. There's just a lot of obfuscation of the plot of like, oh, yeah. this is what you think is happening. Actually, and this then, is happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say this is not for someone who like if you're not ready <laughs> for <laughs> a 
crazy movie that's going to go all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want just a very simple plot, something that you can just, like, relax. And Millennium watch. Actress. Pop, pop some popcorn. Yeah, pop back, some popcorn. Talk, and to like, your, talk to your friend or whatever. This yeah. is not it. And yeah. if you're looking for something that's kid-friendly, I would say this isn't. Definitely not. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else who's this not for? No, I, don't, I, I got nothing. I mean, you kind of hit it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's hard to, you know, if you're just like, hey, I just want to, you know, pop some popcorn, sit down and just enjoy a little bit and kind of hang out. And then you're like, what is this weird stuff? It's, <laughs> it gets pretty out there. It, it, yeah. it yeah. leans hard into anime, anime tropes and the like, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. It feel it, it's such a hard thing. It's, it's so hard to describe. It's one of those things like I, I know it when I see it. Yeah. But it has a couple of moments where you're just like, anime. Yeah. When it's especially hard to quantify for someone who doesn't watch a lot of anime. Yeah, because yeah. like, there's just certain tropes that just exist in the genre by itself. Well, if you're someone who has watched other anime and you're just kind of generally like, well, there's a lot about anime I don't really like, this is absolutely not for you. Because <laughs> yeah. everything about anime you don't like, it's right here. It's just, probably going to be right here. Condensed, packaged, and fully drugged out, coked out, ready to go. Yeah. So. Yes, sir. True satisfaction. That's what discipline brings. Even the court ladies dancing to frog flutes and drums had it, and so did the whirlwind of recycled paper. Computer graphics playing in my mind, and I like it! I don't support Technicolor parfaits and those snobby little petite fours that sit there uneaten, and my position on that is common knowledge to everyone in Oceania. Now the time has come to return to the great podcast in the sky, where content falls like stardust, and everyone's shaking around the shrine gates of the mailbox and the refrigerator, leading the Patreon bonus episodes. Anyone who is concerned about expiration dates, step aside now. No one gets in the way of spoilers and dinnerpodcast.com. All right. And we are back from whatever that was. And fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> Stephen jumped out of a window. It was sheer, crazy. Sheer insanity. <laughs> so uh yeah, so let's get into some scores. Uh or we'll we'll start with spectacle, right? Well, yeah. well, let's make it obvious. I didn't jump out a window. I jumped through a spoiler wall. Into into this. Into this. Spoilers. Yes, here. yeah, spoilers, there's gonna be a lot of spoilers. Spoilers abound. Yep. So we're already on the ground, and you jumped out of a spoiler wall, and, like, we caught you, maybe? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Why okay. not? We, a, a like me, me and Ryan held out the banner to stop you from falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, so who wants to start? I'll jump in. Yeah, yeah. I gave it a nine. Yeah, all right. Uh, I just love Satoshi Khan's style. His editing is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, his scene transitions are just amazing. I've already said that. I'll say it again. I'll they're, say they're, it. The rest of my life. Should transition to this scene where you say his scene transitions are amazing. I should. (laughs) Uh, So the the first um, nine minutes of no two minutes of the film, there are nine match cuts. Yeah, it's just just wild. Perfect, chef's kiss. (laughs) Um, Yeah, incredible hand drawn animation. I think really for me the only thing that that dings it is uh, the CG. I I love hand drawn stuff, and Mm. the CG implementation here is like. A little too obvious for me. A little ham-handed. Every now and then. And I know it was that era when they were like in 06, they were just yeah. like starting to kind of work a lot of that in there. But it's, it's just Figuring enough it to out. like the annoy lighting, me where yeah. I'm like, man, I really just wanted that to be hand-drawn too. And I know why they did it. It's the, going down the hallway scenes and like the, oh, the, the yeah. thing like, you hand, know. Hand animating that um, would, would, be, would bankrupt Madhouse. It almost right. like it did with Red <laughs> with Line. Red Line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the only other thing I think that that detracts even a little as in some of the like the parade scenes and towards mm-hmm. the end there's just a lot going on and it's hard to parse everything it's kind of like in red line where the, like, yeah. the confetti and everything is everywhere and you're like oh <laughs> uh but really for me it was just the the cg bits every now yeah. and then kind of kind of detracted from the the overall awesome looking hand-drawn yeah 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 agreed what, what about you steven uh i also gave it a nine wow i i wrote here insane absurdist and beautiful because it is all those things all at once. And Ryan found it, de- de- yeah, detracted on it for, oh, it's just a riot of stuff going on. I, I'm like, this is perfect. This is exactly. <laughs> I mean, like you were the same way with Redline too. Yeah. Like you wanted, you wanted yeah, the insanity. I, I, I want the insanity. Like just throw <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff at me. And it's just, uh, it's a riot of colors, movement, stuff is, because ha- it, it's, I mean, ultimately it's an expression of the subconscious, right? For dreams. Yeah. So it needs to have a sheer insanity 
going on in there. And yeah. That, it, you just don't achieve that with just one or two things happening, right? Mm, no. That that pushes you maybe more into like the horror side of things. Yeah. Because we get, we get some of that here. But yeah, I just – and then like the scene where – uh, the detective is explaining film cuts in the film oh, while the film is cutting. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, That's very good. So, so fun fact, he's actually cosplaying um, Akira Kurosawa mm-hmm. in that scene, explaining in a theater, in a theater to people watching the film, yeah. how like um, the proper way to do cuts. cuts yeah. And, and yeah, like, <laughs> it's so meta. It's so yeah. That's just, oh, it's fantastic. I love it. Well, then they watch, you know, they watch a, a movie in a movie theater that was being played in a movie theater. Yeah. Like just leaning into these kinds of things because it's already <laughs> it's a dream an, within a dream. Yeah. Well, it's already such an insane concept going on and they just really leaned into it with these moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, it was hard. I almost gave it a 10, but again, it's the CGI. It's, it's yeah. too early an era. You know, Madhouse at this moment, I think was flirting with the concept of does Redline bankrupt us? <laughs> Probably. So they had to hold back a little bit somewhere. They had to cut, cut corners on yeah. one thing so that the other thing didn't just completely sink them. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, but still, I mean, it's phenomenally good looking. Yeah. Uh, so I also gave it a nine. Hey, Basically the exact same reason. Hey, uh, the, the CGI definitely did date it. The, I think the scene that always sticks out to me I actually like whenever like we's in the hallway scene when like everything kind of folds behind him. I think that's mm-hmm. acceptable yeah. for it just because like it is so weird. Sure. And everything's wibble wobble. Or whenever she jumps over the railway and then the whole um, yeah, kinda, screen kind of like folds in on it's her. It's like it's yeah, cloth yeah. or whatever material. That's okay. What actually mm-hmm. got me was the little um, hanging pom-pom things. In oh, one yeah. of the scenes where you're like, oh, man, that is CGI. That Rough. is obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then some of the, the the matching 3D cameras that they do, oh, like yeah. where it's like just a pan into like a, a like just where they turn a room. around to a room. Like, yeah. it's to, like some of that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I really did enjoy outside of just the the first like 10 minutes of the film of just like just back to back, just incredible cuts uh, and editing was I really liked how – Satoshi Khan uses color to kind of tell you that you're in a dream. Oh, yeah. Where, so, like, in, in the real world, everything's, you know, generally more muted. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit more realistic colors. And then the second that you get into a dream, it's popping. Yeah. But yeah. then he uses that information to obfuscate a little bit later on. I was like, are you in a dream? Because it's still kind of colorful. Mm-hmm. But then it's not, you know, yeah. like, and, it, and it, it keeps going back and forth and it's really nice. He almost teaches you the rules so he can break them. Yeah. 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 Or, or, but also when you have, you know, later in it, when you have the dream is reality now, going, like going to the parade, going down the street, yep. right? That's a sheer riot of color next to the very gray, simple, yep. bland buildings. And like it fits now of, oh, and like the people are kind of in shadow. Yeah. And, and you know, everyone's in shock of just like, oh my gosh. What and then as they like yeah. start like piling into the parade and climbing on top, like I am the emperor or whatever, like they, <laughs> it becomes more insane and the, and the colors punch yeah. up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just really small touches like that that really add to how good and well crafted this film was visually. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just phenomenal. It, it's one of those things where like, you know, you talk about like the the talent and the skill of like a, a filmmaker and a creator like Satoshi mm-hmm. Khan, and that's where you really see like the proof of that is in like the little touches and mm-hmm. the the just the consistent vision throughout. You yeah. know what I mean? Like in other movies that are lesser than this, you'll see inconsistencies here and there. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is like everyone's on model. Everybody, yeah, everything's mm-hmm. like well, consistent in, in, in the same stylistic crazy way yeah and the thing that i really like about satoshi khan is is really just from his demeanor of being creative and being like that kind of headliner of like this is a satoshi khan film and he said multiple times on different occasions in different interviews that he like like he's like i appreciate that everyone considers this my film but this is not my film this is i this is an entire studio's film right that you know 100 200 people worked on this and they're all talented individuals and I appreciate that you think it's my film, but it's also their film. Yeah. And yeah. he, you know, he historically did treat his animators very well. And, you know, he took them out to lunch. He, you know, like he treated them with respect. And that's not something that you see a lot of in the animation industry. That you think right. work. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and it really shows in the pro, in the end product of like, you just have this visually stunning and beautiful film that just absolutely nails the visual style like perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so let's move on to performance. 
So, you know, what do we, what do we think here? Steven, you want me to start? Yeah, you can start. All right. I, I, I waffle here. I struggle with this. I ended mm-hmm. up giving it an eight. Yeah. Okay. The main detractor for me is, and it's not necessarily the, the acting's fault, mm-hmm. but there, there's not necessarily any moment that really, really has big emotional hits. There, there's not a really big watershed moment in the film. Right. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the biggest, most watershed moment is a very, very quiet moment towards the end mm-hmm. with uh, Dr. Chiba and um, – uh, Tokita. Tokita. Dr. Tokita. Yeah, and it's Tokita. it's a very quiet moment that's mostly played out through the animation and, mm-hmm. and the way the characters move on screen that it doesn't give the actors anything to do really. Yeah, and it's and it's really emotionally resonant when it happens. It just – it doesn't – you know, they don't get to have like this massive mm-hmm. speech and emotion and – Yeah, there's not – there, yeah, there there's no, not a like, lot of dialogue. Yeah. There's not a lot screaming of – Screaming or crying child yeah. here. <laughs> I do think – because so the the actress for uh, Dr. Chiba and Paprika, yeah, same same uh, person, Megami Hayashibara, right. But her mannerisms are such a shift between the two characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did really really like that. I think that was a, a really impressive job of just kind of not just the difference in dialogue and how they're going to talk, but how well she handles kind of the upbeat versus the very serious and almost dour. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the Megami, the the main actress. She has been in a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, she is Ainami Ray from Evangelion, mm-hmm. um, who's one of the main characters and very quiet, very dour all the time. <laughs> then, right. you, then you have the inverse, which is also funny because the main character's name is Lena Inverse, <laughs> and who is a um, brash and hot-headed yeah. um, character sorceress that um, basically the, from, the movie, from the show Slayers, mm-hmm. it's basically just a defunct D&D party. Uh, just going through and just just being, you know, crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. And very 90s kind of show, Monster of the Week kind of stuff. But uh, she, uh, Megami has such a range mm-hmm. of emotions that she can really pull from, from. And she's been in so many other things. She shows up in the latest Ghost in the Shell Netflix show, the the CGI one that came out. Like, oh, there's, yeah. she's in Pokemon every once in a while. I mean, she just Is shows she up everywhere. she play Kusanagi in that one? No, no, no. Is she a different character? I think she's a different character. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, She's just a fantastic actress. She, you know, she might actually be Kusanagi in that one. It's possible. I, 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 haven't, sure. I haven't seen it. So. I, yeah, it's been yeah. it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think everyone does a great job. I think they do a really good job, also mashing up the animation. So, mm-hmm. like, what what's being said, how it's being said, and why, and also the 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 animation involved in that, for like the characters' expressions, hits really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they do. There's no moment where you're just kind of like, what. Except for the, all the moments in the movie where you're just like, <laughs> like what? what? <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, Ryan, what do you think? I also gave it an eight. Yeah, um, I, I think for me, like, you know, Paprika, Atsuko, Takeda, and Detective Konakawa are the standouts for me. Some of the other characters, like the chairman, and even uh, oh, the chair, the chairman was a little dry. They they were kind of like. Generic villain. Generic anime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Villain. Like, like yeah. they kind of fell into like a trope and they didn't really elevate their role beyond that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like those, those main four to me were, were like interesting, you know, different characters. And mm-hmm. I think anybody that lost their mind and started just spouting <laughs> off stuff was fun. Um, the, the, when the chairman and Osanai are kind of like merging into each merging other, merging and fighting with each other, I think that was good. That was yeah, yeah. yeah. that's pretty good. It's also just what <laughs> I think. I think really like to me, what why performance was an eight was like. There's never really a moment that gives any character the perform the the space to do to anything. Move it, yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's almost a showcase for the animators. Yeah. to move the plot along with their anime. And so like. Shout out to the animators because, like, the scene you're talking about with, uh, uh, with her Achiba and, uh, and Tokita. Tokita, yeah. Uh, Tokita. Like, that. that's a very touching scene, but mm. it's because of the animation, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, mm. yeah, I, I waffled on performance because of that because I was like, is the animation part of the performance? I guess? <laughs> you know, like, it kind of is. It kind of is. It can certainly count against it if what the character's face does doesn't match the sure. emotion. Yeah, it doesn't match what's happening. But I, I still think performance is in an eight for me. Yeah. yeah. Andrew? Uh, so I, I also waffled on a seven and an eight. I yeah. ended up giving it an eight. Look at this. Hey. All the way around. Hey. Nine to an uh, eight. And, and what really edged it for me mm-hmm. was uh, Megami is, is one of my favorite. Like, every time I hear her, I'm like, oh, yay. I, yeah. You know, because I know that she's going to really perform whatever, you know, she needs to do. But I really enjoyed um, uh, Toru of uh, Furuya, uh, who is uh, Tokita. He is Amuro Ray's original voice actor. 
uh, from, from Mobile Suit Gundam. Okay. From 1979 all the way up until I pretty pretty sure recently. And uh, he, I love his timbre. I don't know how to describe it. He really fits uh, Dr. Tokita's character really well. He does. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really liked him and uh, who, uh, Akio Otsuka, uh, who is uh, the detective. Konakawa? Yeah. Yeah. And he was uh, like, I really, he's been in a lot of other stuff that I've seen too. Mm-hmm. And he just does a really good job at being that kind of stern. The, the, the gruff, yeah, I, grizzle. I'm pretty sure he's the, the dad in Death Note. Um, who's the chief inspector or the the chief of police? Oh man, he might be. Uh, I don't, you have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up while while we kind of go on. But yeah, I mean, but, everyone did a really good job. But I do agree that really the only big watershed moment we get is a nice quiet one. We don't get any like major yeah. like um, tears being shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't get any of that because it's not that kind of film. No, I was gonna say it's it's not a detriment to the movie. No, it's just yeah, it's, it's not, not that a, kind of film. Yeah, yeah. And and just in case everyone's wondering at home, uh, I believe we all watched the subbed version of this. We did, yeah, yeah. yeah we did no, not. No dubs on this one. Yeah, no. I kn- I do have the dub, but I've never seen it. Uh, I'd have heard that the dub was substantially less impactful than than the I, sub. I, I'm tempted. I think the next time I watch this film, I'm going to find the dub just to see, just to see, because yeah. the visuals <laughs> aren't going to change, right? I just want to I want to hear right. how yeah. it goes. So. Yeah, okay, so now we're going to move on to the score. The of score. The score. Of the score. I guess, I guess I can start this time uh, yeah, right. just because I haven't started yet. Yeah. So I gave it a seven, mm-hmm. and uh, mostly because you really only get, like, two real, like, songs in this in this film that yeah. aren't just, like, kind of, like, generic, oh, chase music or generic, you know, yeah. creepy music. There's the one track that sounds like a JRPG boss battle. Yeah, like, yes. uh, <laughs> I like I like that track, but it it definitely has this like so playing so, Chrono Trigger. What is this? <laughs> so the the main track that you get was uh, which I guess is kind of the main theme is like obviously you have the credit roll and then it shows yeah. back up again whenever she goes into the dream sequence like and she jumps through the air yeah and mm-hmm. she's uh, the, the like, gold monkey yeah yeah and oh. it, and it's that's, <laughs> and it's one of those things where like we don't get a lot of music in this film but then whenever we do it is utilized properly yeah yes yeah it's just we don't get a lot of it i also gave it a seven yeah for the exact same reasons <laughs> what i wrote down was i was like some absolute bangers surrounded by some more generic sounding songs yep because like if you listen to just the soundtrack by itself there's a lot of like just general background music but then you get like the, like like two or three that are just like oh yeah two or three that are like yeah they hit they're good um but yeah overall i, I think all the music even the generic stuff fits the scene for what's happening yeah uh but but none of it to me is like elevates it to the level of like oh this is a soundtrack i'm gonna listen to on repeat you know like yeah yeah steven what do you think all right i'm gonna come in from the top rope here i gave it a nine oh wow dang (laughs) so the parade he 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 loves the parade theme the parade theme (laughs) 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 it's just one of those things one that absolutely will get stuck in your head he just has it listening on repeat as as ryan has already demonstrated (laughs) you can already repeat it but it's also one of those songs where it gets used well where you have moments where like the parade's around the corner or you don't know, like they're like walking up to the window, mm-hmm. but you can hear it already approaching and you're like, okay, I know what's happening. Like I know where this is going. Whenever they're in the movie theater uh-huh. and they, they, they sneak in quietly and then you see the frog like lift up its yep. symbol. Oh, yeah. like, oh, here yeah. it comes. <laughs> like it's just in the door. We're like, yeah. oh, oh, you know it. Uh, I love that. I, I did also really like the usage right i think everything matched very well for mm-hmm. what they wanted there was no you know discordant moments and i got a little fun fact here for y'all this is this is a factor in this as well buckle so, up so the soundtrack of the film was one of the very first film scores to use vocaloid for the vocals oh really so it's a synthesis oh, that, that's a synthesized ah. vocal track so that's miku huh so yeah. they're, they're creating vocals for music <laughs> without having someone sing them that's fantastic so what that does hmm. is it adds an extra kind of uncanny valley to the vocals maybe where that's it's not yeah, like a surreal yeah like, right which i think is just such a perfect fit for what's going on in the film oh it is yeah. Like, like, if there's any time to be like, yeah, we're going to make music, but let's get weird with it, this is the moment, right? Like, this, this is when to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, I, for me, that, that like, that's almost worth, like, a point, basically, I, I, just like, for that. That's really cool. I, I did not know that yeah, at all. I, I, do, I do think, again, I, I came down off of, you know, like, oh, the perfect soundtrack, because it is something where if you just listen to it by itself. It doesn't really, like. It th- there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that you could just 
be okay with. And yeah. Unless you have what's going on on screen on screen. And then it's like, well, this fits right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and like sound design and uh, I'll say Foley work and everything like that does mm-hmm. come into this. This It is, it is you know, thing. Yeah. And most of the time, like a lot of those kind of points don't really get brought up just because we don't like it was it was fine. And we're, there wasn't yeah. anything that really stood out mm-hmm. to it. And I definitely will say like the. The work that they did of just like the parade itself is just absolute insanity. It's just, it's just oh, yeah. and that's what like, you want, right? You just want bonkers, and that's what yeah, we get. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so we're now onto the meat of the the film. You We've know. had the potatoes. Now <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the meat. I'm so glad I didn't make that joke because I really wanted to make that joke. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, obviously, this is a very cerebral thriller. You have to have a good, coherent plot to make it through all the way to the end and still have a, a satisfying finish. Yes. I'm, I'm curious at where you guys land on this. I'll go first. Yeah. Go I gave it. it an eight. Oh, okay. Go um, I, I like, I like the plot. I, yeah. I think it is definitely open-ended on some levels. They definitely don't explain, you know, like in depth how the machine works. Yeah. Well, no I don't, you don't need to, but I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah. I could see some people being like, Hung up on, I, I know mm-hmm. some of my friends would watch this and be like, they never told me how XYZ worked. And it's like, it's not that kind of movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> most, honestly, most Japanese films are not really like that anyway. Boy, they love sure. open ended endings. Yeah. Boy, they yeah. Do. They love, uh, I mean, really for me, like the twists and turns as the mystery is kind of unfolding mm-hmm. isn't very fun. And even though it's not a movie that gets a lot of character moments where there's a lot of acting, I like the character development. And the arc that happens with each of them, especially well, it, uh, the detective. Yeah, like his story. I, I'm like, it's like a mini story inside the story, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I mean, I want a movie of just that. Give yeah, me that guy. Yeah, because you really, you know, because the whole time you're like, well, did he, you know, did he actually kill someone, or right. is it is it mm-hmm. just his, um, you know, analog of like, oh, I killed my older self because right. I became a, a police detective and I didn't follow my dreams and, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. So that, yeah. that I like that whole thing. Mm. To me, what what knocked it a little bit was just kind of the end. The ending of the movie definitely a little shifts wild. into just anime territory. Oh, of like, boy. Now there's a giant dude who's made a crater in it's, the middle of Japan time, and he's about to... It's time for Attack on Titan. It's yeah. a big game <laughs> with like, no genitals. Perfect. Do you remember the end of Princess Mononoke and the end of Akira? I don't know. Put some of that together and put some paprika on it. Get Let's some weird we music going. Let's go. <laughs> it's, it's funny too because the second that the chairman like grew big in... in All we can in, see is Attack on yeah, Titan. Yeah, Holly was like, oh, this is the proto-Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I gave it eight. I think, you know, that yeah. that and... I think the the bad guy you can kind of see. Oh, you who it you can see coming. it pretty early. It's yeah. not one of those movies where yeah. you're like, who could it be? It's like it's the creepy dude. <laughs> it's the chair. creepy dude in the wheelchair. Yeah, he who never smiles. What did you think, Andrew? I gave it a seven, uh, basically for the same reasons. Yeah, uh, the the ending is a little bit too much for me, uh, <laughs> just because like everything up until this point was was very much like a, a noir crime thriller ish mm-hmm. with you know obviously with some crazy stuff happening but it wasn't so over the top to where you have like this giant guy and then you have like this weird amalgamation of uh Dr. Chiba and Tokita's son, uh, daughter that then like sucks him up into nothingness and yeah. like it's there's just a lot of weird stuff that happens and most of the time I'm I'm okay with the weird but it does very much turn into like, okay, yeah, this is, yeah, we're, we're pretty much at the end now, right? Right. Yeah. yeah like, um, but up at, pretty much up until like, I'll say like 90% of the film, like I'm all in. Yeah. And, and it was yeah. definitely like a nine or an eight. And then like, as it gets closer to that end. Yeah. And I've seen this film a couple times <laughs> now, but yeah, just, you just get closer to that and you're like, oh yeah, we still have to do this, don't we? Oh yeah. We got to get this out of right. the way. It's almost like they didn't know how to finish it. Or something, yeah. but I guess I don't know how the book originally. Like, I don't yeah. know. Get weird. Do something <laughs> yeah, funny. Like, I don't know if it was like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, Stephen. Uh, so I also gave it a seven. Yeah, and yeah, for I mean a lot of the same things we're saying here. We get to the end of the movie, and it's like Marvel just pops in. It's like, hey, remember me? <laughs> you know, time <laughs> this for was a big, an MCU show time the whole for time. A big CGI robot fight fest, and it's just like, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> and then beyond that, it's not even you know as straightforward as MCU finishing moves are where you just punch each other and then yeah. the, the movie ends. It's, we get really weird. It's just, it, it, we've been bizarre up to this point and we were getting progressively more bizarre. Yeah. But in ways that I liked, like 
Paprika jumping into the uh, moving van that has like the horses on it. Oh, and now she's great. riding a horse. Yeah. And stuff like that is great. Oh yeah, that that whole like sequence right there where they they're jumping in and out of stuff was mm-hmm. like perfect. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I want. Well, and I, I, I sorry, <clears throat> I'll let you go in a second. I just love the the initial realization that they're walking on the um, the sky bridge, and they just. Uh, <laughs> And they just look over. Oh, and the doll's the face, doll's is just face right, is right there. there. Right yeah. there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, oh no. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and, and, you know, I don't need to know how the DC mini works. I, I, you know, it goes on your head. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and like they even kind of get a little technical with it. We're like, oh, the ones that were stolen don't have the protective measures. And it'll installed. suck into your brain. Right. And it'll, and it'll leach and this can be yeah. an issue. Uh, I had some issues with other things, kind of like, uh, you know, the detective going to the website and now it's like a fully immersive dream sequence. And it's like, is, is like Paprika abusing the fact that she can pull people in without their, without having to wear it now that they've used it once? I don't know. Cause it's, that's a little too. There's, there's a little. Well, and there's some stuff too when he's creative like. Creative liberty. When he's monitoring the dream, he's seeing it third person from the same yeah, camera that they're yeah. animating it from, yeah. not like first person, which is like. Why would you see it from a floating well, third-person camera? You well, know, but like, that's the thing. You could you could definitely say that uh, you don't always dream in first person. No, no. but I, I that, but that there's little is, things like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like, minor. I, I I just think that the actual going to the bar was mm-hmm. so plot necessary, like it was so plot relevant mm-hmm. to things that he did, and then you know he he's interacting with the two bartenders and stuff, where it was it was a little too immersive for what supposedly what's happening. I just need a little extra explanation. Like he goes the first time and then he's like, what did you do to me? Or something like, give me, give me just a little extra here yeah. of yeah. how did this connection happen or something? Yeah. And I, I'm way more satisfied. Yeah. And, and since you just brought up the two bartenders. Oh yeah. We got I'm a gonna, fun I'm gonna, fact. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, so the, the tall bartender is uh, just a caricature of Satoshi Kon. Mm-hmm. And then the short bartender is um, uh, Tsutsui, the, the original author of the of the novel yeah which uh, I, I love bringing him in like that to do a voice it's just a little fun yeah you know, easter egg cameo type thing yeah and it's uh, like in i think it's really important that you you know you show kind of like where the heritage of the of the original mm-hmm. story and stuff came from and i also like that they were minorly part of the the movie where they you know they kind of help out the characters and yeah, everything yeah, like yeah. That. yeah well it's also i think shows a lot of the respect given you know both ways from the two creators here yeah. of you know Satoshi Kon's not just taking this and, and you know stripping it of all of its relevance and just using the bear or using just using the name to you know drive money, right? Yeah. Well, like, and I know that whenever they agreed to do the film, uh, Sutsui actually said, "Do whatever you want." Yeah. Like, like just full creative freedom. I just, I just want you to do it. I, well, yeah. I mean, it it fascinated me that he was the one who approached yeah Satoshi as like, hey, I, I really want to make my book into an anime yeah because again it's such a such an inverse process from what we're used to <laughs> yeah which is hollywood just just destroying just, every just, yeah just every bre- child breaking book. the bones yeah. to get in there and dig out the marrow yeah so, so <laughs> uh, do we do we want to add anything else for plot uh i don't Any, think anything so. else that kind of stuck out nah no i mean i i think for me the the only other thing that wasn't really a, a main factor, but but kind of was similar to like the tiny issues is like they never really explain like so is Paprika just a projection of her subconscious or is she in control of what it's pa- almost, Paprika it's, does? It's almost like a split personality. It's like it a almost split was. personality because, because the moment like, did, where she like warns Doctor Chiba from like yeah. the back, like like don't go yeah. like danger or you shouldn't be here yet. But it's like did Doctor Chiba know that she gave the cop the website? Thing you know what I mean? Like there's there feels like there's like two two characters in yeah, one, and are, kind of are they aware of what each other well, is doing? Satoshi Khan loves doing that. Yeah, with I mean, like he, you definitely like every single one of his films has a different dichotomy between the main characters and their perceived self Personas and their real self. Or, yeah, which yeah. is is so like it's so refreshing because you really don't see that in a lot of other directors or movies that really come out. Like even in anime. Because most of the time you have one character and they are that character. Well, and, right. and you, yeah. you desperately need, right? Like there's such an emphasis on recognizability that characters wear the same shirt for yeah. 10 years or whatever. <laughs> so going going full oh, come on, on. We're looking at you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> looking, looking directly. I'm, I'm looking right at Shaggy. Bro, that shirt's got to smell by now. Change it. 
uh, but you know, or Dexter. I mean, just, just, yeah. And they make fun of it with you know more modern stuff. But mm-hmm. here, I think it's such a departure to say, well, our main character is a, you know a split personality, or however you want to look at it, and they look radically different. It's yeah. not just like, oh, Doctor Chiba takes her hair down and now she's paprika. No, no, this is a very different look and a very different personality. Well, and and even even whenever they do the transition from the credit roll to where she's driving in the car mm-hmm. and it and it basically swaps between Paprika and Dr. Chiba, you still don't really know that it's actually a difference between there's, there's, like yeah, there's no you guarantee. don't know if Paprika's not a real person yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well also there, there's no guarantee that this isn't just a different scene. You just exactly. Don't, you just don't know. Yeah. And, th- and that's what makes his film so good. I, th- I think we're pretty much in entertainment at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think we are. We I, yeah. I, did, I did was going to let you, let us throw in something that we like because we, we tend to, when we say the plot, we give a score and then we talk about why we brought it down. Okay, I'll raise my hand. All right, go for it. Um, so I really like the uh, – this is be, basically the fight that she that Dr. Chiba has with uh, Tokita right before like, kind of everything goes south. And, and he basically – she um, she throws the, the DC Mini on the ground mm-hmm. and – um, she kind of has this uh, this speech about you know his indifference basically, right? And how he kind of treats everything like he's a child, and you know, and obviously it's it's at, when we get to the end of the film, it's more of a lover spat at that point yeah. than anything else. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 definitely a character building moment for him where he's like, you know, I need to take responsibility for this and and try and at least fix it, even though I am clearly not prepared to do this. I honestly, I, I like that moment just because of you know, where he goes with it because yeah. it had me going, no, no, don't do this. You're not, you're not ready for this, bro. Don't go in here. Like, like yeah, you, you got good intentions, but this can only end poorly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what about you guys? Moments, things, moments, something, what, something what moment that you liked? Something in the plot. Uh, you gave it a, would you give it an eight? You, you gave it an eight. I like the one you said. That's why yeah. I'm trying to think of another one. <laughs> I, I stole it. That's why I went first. I really like the the circus scene when yeah. like the detective oh, first yeah. gets oh, there. The start. And like the, at the very beginning. And when they come back to it later when he <laughs> revisits all, it. all of his faces run towards him. Like, yeah, also, when all the faces Also very Attack him. on Titan. <laughs> yeah, also it is. Yeah, yeah, like the big kind of grotesque face. Yeah, yeah. And then, but when it starts to transition to the other dreams, like that sequence and that plot beat right there is like... Primo for me. Yeah. I like that. Steven? Y'all just taking all my stuff and I don't like <laughs> it. I don't like it at all. Ah, uh, I don't know. What 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 was great about the well, I've one, I like kind of the way that they play with uh the assistant, yeah, uh, Himuro, where it's kind of like this is the bad guy, mm-hmm. but it's not actually the bad guy. He was just you know what whatever his motives were. But also like the play, like that initial kind of investigation that Yeah, Dr. where they Chief go into the doing. apartment. Well, the apartment one, oh. again, very Blade Runner, right? Yeah. With all the dolls and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I love the way that they were able to play with kind of the dangers of what could happen, right? Yeah. Because we see uh, our, our other doctor, not chairman, uh, Shima. Oh, uh, yeah, Shima. We see him go out the window, right? Yeah. And it's almost, it's kind of played off for laughs, right? Like, this could be a horrifying <laughs> moment. And he's like, oh, well, the tree saved him and he's just yeah. you know, beaten up a little bit. But then when she is in the dream and she goes to vault the uh, railing mm-hmm. and it's like, this is actually like the vault, like to throw you off the building. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. like, wow, this is really, and then later in the movie when they're in that theme park, if she puts her <laughs> hand on the railing and there's that hesitation of, yeah. if I go over this, is this real or not? Well, and, and that's one of those scenes where they have the, the really poppy color. It, I was like, yeah. let him go over first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wait a minute. Let, tell the other guy to go over. <laughs> or, or, or be like, don't go over, just walk through it. You're big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, knock it out of the way. But yeah, that's that's one of those scenes where he, where Khan uses the col- the dream color mm. from earlier to kind of trick you into be like, is this still a dream? Because well, it's, yeah. it's a theme, it's an old theme park, yeah. right? So all the colors were going to be bright there, mm-hmm. whereas like just your, your everyday street, so it's easy to play it off. Yep. Like it just, ah, uh, stuff like that fits well. Okay, I think we are definitely now yeah, in entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. Go? Uh, I'll go. I gave it an eight. Uh, right. This is this is definitely a film that I will absolutely rewatch again, uh, but kind of like we we talked about earlier, so Toshikon films are kind of one of those you watch probably about once every other year. Yeah. And and you're you're good. There there's a lot. There there's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of my favorite things and really this is just more of like a little like mini cameo and nod is um the spy movie 
um, a scene, dream sequence at the beginning of the film yeah. whenever they're on the train. That's just from Russia with Love. I, yep. I kept straight, thinking it was, it was a, a, a nod to that, but yeah. I was like, maybe there's like a Japanese well, cause, film. Cause I don't she know. Says, like, is this is this from a spy film? Spy film, yeah. yeah. But they couldn't they couldn't get the uh, the rights for that. So, sure. but they did get the rights for Greatest Show on Earth mm-hmm. and Tarzan, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't get the the rights for uh, from Russia with Love. But yeah, no, it's a straight. Come rip off from it, that Alfred scene. R. Broccoli. <laughs> You talk about broccoli. What's this anime? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Japan. Japan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, just just the editing and visuals alone are enough to rewatch this film multiple times. Yeah, the yeah. Ju- especially the op- like the I'll say like the first third of the film is just a masterclass in editing. Yeah, yeah, that first third is killer. Mm-hmm. I also gave it an eight yeah. on entertainment. Uh, like I said before, it's not my favorite Satoshi Kon, but that doesn't mean anything. All Satoshi Kon movies are really good. Are great, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it's like bizarre and surreal, and it's a lot of fun. Yep. And I think if you like anything, any of the concepts that they even get close to to delving into, this is it's a must watch. It's one I, I watch it probably once every few years. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not something I I put on regularly, but yeah, like, I always enjoy it. Um, it's it's my type of movie. Yeah. Yeah. Steven? I gave it a nine. Yeah. It's me. Let's get weird. I, <laughs> it, it's, it hits that right balance of this is an interesting sci-fi concept yeah. of, you know, controlling, creating a technology, the dangers, the the attempt and necessity of control, and when the control fails. That's mm-hmm. classic sci-fi concepts. But then it's just sheer absurdist. The, there's these levels of whimsy, like the the big bursts of butterflies yeah. mm-hmm. that are basically all uh, related to Osanai. Yeah. And then you have him, her trapped in the room with him where all the dead butterflies are pinned to the wall. It's like, yeah, like immediately you, you see this scene and everything about it screams unsettling, weird. Like they didn't have to say a word. No, they didn't yeah. have to show you any of the characters and you already know, I don't want to be in this room. Yeah. Well, and just that entire scene is basically him getting under her skin and, and running his Literally. arm up and like, and basically unzipping her dream self into um, Dr. Chiba. Oh man, that is just, yeah, that's it's intense. Like, but we get weird. Oh, yeah. It's real weird. Yeah. But I also really liked uh, Tokata just in general. He, he I loved his um, unbridled enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, also just <laughs> it's so often in both in anime and also Western you know films or animation, mm-hmm. when you have the fat character, they're played for laughs, right? Like, yeah. Uh, someone who comes immediately to mind is like Seuss. Yeah. From Gravity Falls. Yeah. He's there for laughs. Does he have a heart and do they play with it later Absolutely, on? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. But for the most part, he's comic relief. Yeah. Tokata is the genius inventor of this device. Ar- like, arguably the smartest person in the world. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like like an incredibly intelligent. And like, he has other issues. Yeah. But usually when you have someone who is fat or the, the morbidly obese, like it is, it's a punchline, right? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fun to see that difference, that, yeah. that different take there. Uh, and also kind of the playoff of it because, you know, like the, there's almost the comparison of him versus Dr. Chiba. And it's like, well, how how is she attracted to him? Well, it's – and when I mean, she says it, right, it's it's not the outside. Like yeah. there's there's something to work on there, sure, but it's the inside. And mm-hmm. it's you know, his childlike wonder and you know, the actual genius that's there. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. That's that's refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and to kind of add on that too, the only time that his uh, his obesity is kind of even joked at is when they're in the family restaurant and, and just like every every dish that uh, comes is it's for him. Well, it's for him, but it, it's really more just on a on a level of this is how he copes. Yeah, well, right. Also, with, with yeah. especially a stressful situation like this of like his device being stolen and they're trying to mm-hmm. figure it out. And yeah, also it's an anime, so if he's eating, then you know he's a good guy. That is true, yeah. Uh, but they also <laughs> they also do play it a little bit for laughs where he's stuck right at the beginning. Yeah. And I was actually, when that happened, I was like, oh, man, really? We're just going to, like, make, like, crack these kind of, like, fat jokes. Oh, I'm stuck in the elevator door. But, but then he's like, no, it's not because of that. It's because, like, I'm in trouble well, because. He, well, he says, I'm in a bind. And she's like, oh, you're stuck. And he's like, no, it's not that. Yeah. But <laughs> they also big. they also play it later where it's the same when he's the transforms the robot. Yeah. And it's the same scenario. And she helps him again. Yeah. It's kind of the expression of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, there's, there's just so much about this film. This is like, y'all are like, yeah, I watch this like every couple of years. I'm like, man, I could watch this again tomorrow. Just cause do there's it, I so, dare you. do it. <laughs> I, I doubt I had the time, but <laughs> there it there's, is. there's just so much going on that it feels like on rewatches. It's one of those things where you can see a different layer because it doesn't, you definitely pick up more the yeah, second time. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't just rely on one single twist, like kind of like. 
it, it, there's no like, oh, he was the bad guy all along. Uh, dude, look at him. He's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, Everybody knows no, he's the bad guy. There's a 0% chance he's not the bad not guy. Not the bad still. guy. So, like, that's not the, ooh, what a twist moment. Yeah. It's, everything else there, though, is kind of so layered in. Because, like, just going back and watching the scenes of the detective and him going through, like, uh, you know, his childhood friend and making the movie and he yeah. abandoned him. Like, just that set. Like, that's a movie on its own. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the detective, we need, a, we need a film for him. And give me, I, give me some black that. and white. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, about, what about you, Ryan? Oh, on entertainment? Yeah. I've already done mine. But Did okay. you? Yeah, I give it eight. I've been talking for so long. Steven just forgot. kept wow. going. I just yeah, it's going. Gosh, I can go again. It's surreal. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I watch it every few years. Uh, <laughs> we just got so involved in that conversation. I just, I got, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but all we all right. gave a score, right? Yeah, we all did give good. a score. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. So that does sound like all the time we have. Um, and you know, if you kind of like what you heard, kind of like, if kinda, you love it, if you love what you heard, <laughs> uh, you should absolutely, uh, give us a nice, awesome five-star review on Apple iTunes. Yeah. It can any, be anywhere else. Anywhere you listen, anywhere to you listen, but man, if you listen on iTunes, that help a lot. Yep. Uh, so that's always nice. However, the best way to support the show is through Patreon mm-hmm. for just as low as $1 a month. One you measly can, buck. You can, you can keep the lights on. You can help our hosting fees. And what you get for that is at minimum one episode or one bonus, bonus episode, episode a month that is going to be completely different than what we normally do. We have rankings. We have tier lists. We have random arguments. discussions just, about. No, no, just arguments. Just arguments. It, get, it yeah. gets contentious. Yeah. Like, if you like, do you ever, you know, catch yourself driving home from work and you're like practicing an argument that you might have. Why do that when you can listen to three people have real arguments <laughs> for one dollar? It just sounds like Andrew and Ryan were stuffed in a telephone booth and Steven's standing on the outside <laughs> poking them with a stick to yeah. see if you can get them to fight each other. Specifically about James Bond opening music. music. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If you want to hear two grown men screech at each other <laughs> in very high-pitched voices while Steven laughs and then throws salt onto the the wound that is happening. One dollar, you'll, you'll get you. just, just <laughs> that one dollar. There. Uh, but yeah, seriously, uh, thanks for listening. You know, as always, I'm Andrew. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. And every spoiler was intended. 